Woke up quick at about noon. We made it to a Friday, and we are so happy that you are here. Welcome into the June 26th edition of the podcast with Damon Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar with locations in East Sacramento, Oak Park, and Folsom. Still available through your favorite food delivery app where you can get the best organic cold-pressed juices in the city, superfood smoothies, acai bowls, organic cold-pressed juices, as just mentioned, and all of that wonderful stuff. I promise you, just as I said yesterday, yesterday's show was it was just reeked of just negativeness. And I think when I have so many negative stories lined up one after the other after the other, it starts to affect my mood and I start to deliver the show in a negative way. So today is going to be the exact opposite. I told you that I was desperate to find positive stories to talk about today and not so much doom and gloom. You'll hear from Malcolm Jenkins here in just a little bit, which I, th- I thought was some interesting remarks regarding the NFL. We've got a couple of notes coming out of the, the conference call that they were referring to uh, yesterday as it pertains to the NFL. And we will have some updates as it pertains to sports and the COVID-19 virus. But uh, we are starting with just tons of positive news. We'll get to Vince Carter here in just a moment. Some very uh, unique numbers on one of the most beloved players that's ever stepped on the hardwood. Uh, We'll talk about LeBron James and what he's doing here in just a minute with his Spring Hill Entertainment Company. Uh, But I want to start with, you know, the most positive story I could give you, and that's you. That is 100% about you. I want to thank Tara, uh, Chris Jansen, Juan, Pamela Love, Brian, John, just to name a few. Those are some of our most recent Patreon subscribers, uh, and I'm going to uh, make it a point now uh, to shout out everyone and personally thank everyone here on the podcast who joins us. And and they've joined, uh, you know, Alan and Karan. They've joined so many others uh, who have uh, supported what we're building over here on this podcast platform on patreon.com slash Damien Barling. So you can go check that out if you're not familiar with how it works. Uh, there are different subscription tiers. There's a tier that just allows you to support this podcast and all of the various different podcasts that we host. There's a tier that gets you... Uh, the Be Conscious podcast, both new episodes and archived episodes. Uh, there's a tier that gets you the Relive podcast early, as well as a uh, uh, weekly wrestling podcast. And with that tier comes the Be Conscious podcast. And then there's the Top Sacramento Kings tier, uh, which I think uh, the people who subscribe to that, you, you guys just do it, I think, because you love me and for no other reason. But we'll have post-game shows when the Kings return to basketball coming up here uh, in about a month, hopefully, we'll have post-game shows as it pertains to the Kings. And that will segue us here into our nice, our next nice little happy story. And that pertains to what the Kings are going to do with their television and radio broadcast uh, for the return uh, to basketball next month. And that's uh, Gary Gerald, the G-Man. He's going to uh, partner up with Doug Christie, and they're going to do those eight games together. The Kings made it a point to announce that this is going to be on an interim basis, and then the Kings will do a comprehensive nationwide search for their next play-by-play guy. Uh, You guys know how I feel about that. I'm anxious to see, you know, what names get final looks. I I have an idea of uh, at least one or two guys who are going to get a look, but I'm sure there's some talent out there uh, in the play-by-play world that I'm very unaware of. Uh, But I'm still leaning towards one direction and in that direction is Deuce Mason, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do. Uh, the good news out of that for, for us, obviously it's great news for the G man, but we're thrilled that our buddy Jason Ross is going to be getting the, uh, the chance to call all eight 
games upon the return, hopefully more, but at least eight games on the return uh, for the radio. And obviously Jason is ready-made for that position. If G-Man ever decides that uh, he wants to walk away from it, uh, Jason would be a fantastic you know, replacement uh, for Gary Gerald, uh, and he's going to be you know, flawless in, in this role that he's in now uh, with G-Man headed over to TV at least for uh, the next eight games. So uh, happy for the G-Man. Uh, happy for Jay Ross. Uh, I know it was a big deal for Jay Ross to at least get an opportunity to do something here during this uh, this return to play coming up on July 30th. So I'm happy for both of them. They're going to be calling it remotely. I think that was I think that was made clear. And I don't remember if I I don't know if it was in a statement or a tweet, but it was it was made clear. I think for the first time, at least that I've seen for the first time, that the games are going to be being called remotely. It's a no brainer. I mean, it's pretty simple. I think the only Probably the and I think maybe Kevin Harlan said something similar uh, as well, at least as that pertained to the TV uh, TNT crew. Uh, the only games that really need to be called in person are the finals, and I'm not a hundred percent convinced that the finals need to be called in person. Of course, it's going to be October by the time the finals get here, so who knows where we're going to be uh, as it pertains to you know COVID nineteen and the coronavirus and where these state spikes are and I think we're going to be entering flu season at that point or we're going to be into flu season at that point so there are going to be a lot of things going on the NBA might just want to minimize uh, travel as much as possible or or uh, let me rephrase that not not limit travel but limit uh, people who are traveling into the bubble and obviously that would be media people so I'm sure all games even the NBA finals will be called remotely so I think that's a good nice positive way to start the show isn't it. To thank you guys for all of your support on Patreon uh, and to congratulate our friends Gary Gerald and Jason Ross. Uh, let's move on to uh, n- more news. Uh, this is awesome news. This is something that I came across shortly after the show ended. There's a couple of layers here uh, shortly after the show ended yesterday, I should say. And there's a couple of different layers here to this story. Uh, LeBron James announced yesterday, along with his business partner Maverick Carter, that their media outlet Spring Hill Entertainment has raised $100 million dollars that will fulfill Spring Hill's entertainment of, and I quote, unapologetic agenda, a maker and distributor of all kinds of content that will give a voice to creators and consumers who've been pandered to, ignored, or underserved. Spring Hill Entertainment already does a lot of work in the entertainment community. And I love so much about this because we have spent you know, we've spent a lot of time or, you know, we've spent moments over the course of the last couple of months talking about how media all looks and sounds the same. And there are very few exceptions to it. Um, You start looking around and you read how many NBA writers are older white guys. You start looking around, you start examining. And I realize, I realize you guys haven't done this. It's just, it's, it's something that I spent some time doing because of a point that I was trying to make uh, to a higher up in a media company here. But you start looking around and you, you, you start looking at, at, at media outs, you start looking at you know, sports talk shows, you start looking outside of the major markets of you know, New York and Los Angeles and you realize, well, sports talk is just, and I don't mean this, you know, I don't mean this to offend anybody, but it's, it's just older white guys. And, and again, I, I I don't mean that as uh, to to offend anybody. I mean, wouldn't don't don't you want like a variety? Like, don't you want something to choose from? It's like you know one of the issues that I had you know at KHDK when they decided to 
you know, they decided to get rid of the lowdown. They didn't even replace us. Like they just threw in national broadcasting and we've been over how much the city of Sacramento hates national broadcasting, or at least you would think that they do for the most part that they do. And you were left with at the time, two local shows that were essentially exactly the same. You didn't get any variety in it. Like there, there was no variety in, in, in sports talk. As much as I love the Rise guys, I thought the Rise guys put on a great show, but I also know that in the end, it was just kind of all the same. If I wanted to hear a different sound, I had to go to the Bay Area. If I wanted to hear a different sound, I had to search for something on radio.com or, or on a, you know, a sports talk website. And normally when you find a local sports talk station, particularly in a big market like San Francisco, they're talking an influx of because that's a you know a bigger sports market with a lot of teams they, they were they're talking the Giants and the A's and you know at the time the Raiders and the 49ers and, and and the Golden State Warriors and they have so many other you know topics that they have to talk about that oftentimes in those situations like national topics they kind of take a back seat because you got to you know you got to cover the, the the local audience like I don't think people in Sacramento really have a true feel for what local sports talk is like if you've lived in Sacramento your whole life like this Sacramento it ain't it KHDK did it years and years and years and years ago but they've always had it's always been you know some common like Jim Rome has been there uh Don and Mike show used to air in the middle of the day like it's never been a top to bottom local lineup they have never invested that much into their programming to where they wanted a top to bottom local lineup and when you have that, it, you, it gives you the chance to create a different sound. It gives you the chance to give people with different opinions. Frank Red's name has come up quite a bit over the course, you know, of the last month or so. People talking about, you know, memories of, of In the Dungeon with Frank Red, that show that he would host on, on KHTK. And you, you just, you had the opportunity to have different sounds, you don't have different sounds anymore. You don't have different perspectives anymore from writers. You don't have different perspectives anymore. You kind of, you kind of wind up just it all just clumping together. And when you, you know, when you go to Twitter or you go to Yahoo or you go to, you know, any, you know, main website with, with article distribution, you see like you start seeing the headlines are all, they're all exactly the same. I saw on Yahoo yesterday, four different articles about how the NBA should cancel the season. It's like, okay, you couldn't, there was, you guys didn't have one writer who thought, okay, here's why the NBA season is going on. I told you how I felt on Monday. I thought this week was going to be on the surface, a catastrophic week for the NBA. I thought they were going to announce somewhere near a triple digit number of COVID-19 tests. And maybe they've kept them under wraps, but given the fact that it's Friday and players returned on Sunday and Monday and started taking tests on Tuesdays, the fact that we only have a handful that we know of that are positive, given the fact that the people who aren't going to the bubble are, again, I don't, I don't mean this as an insult, but like, you know, I don't think Dallas is terribly going to miss Willie Cauley Stein. I personally like Willie. Uh, I think he has, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to, to, you know, kind of get him to, I, I, I feel like there is a, I feel like there's a baller inside Willie Cauley Stein. I don't know what it's going to take to, you know, get it out of him. We've seen it. We've all seen it. Any Kings fan has seen it. Of course, with that, you've also seen 
you know, the two and two and 25 minutes the next night, which is ultimately what drove fans so nuts. But, you know, not trying to get off on a tirade on Willie Cauley Stein, but when you have like, that's the caliber of player who's not going to, to the bubble. That's the caliber of the of player who, who has decided, yeah, I don't really want to be a part of this. Avery Bradley, certainly a very, very good player. And it's not a knock. It's not a knock on anyone who has decided not to go to the bubble. But I did wonder if we were going to hear some all-stars or borderline all-stars talking about, you know, really key role players deciding that they didn't want to go to Orlando. But that didn't happen. So that's good. I thought we were going to get positive test after positive test after positive test after positive test. That didn't happen either. It happened here in Sacramento for some reason. We kept hearing about it. And I don't know if, again, I don't know if teams have kept it under wraps. I don't know if teams have acknowledged how many positive tests that they've had. I don't know if teams have acknowledged who is, you know, kind of quarantining and tucking away right now and isolating and taking care of themselves before they join the uh, the team in their home market. Or maybe they don't join the team in their home market. Maybe they don't join them until Orlando. I don't know if all of that is being kept under wraps. But as of Right now, the morning of Friday, June 26th, I think the NBA had a hell of a week. So you couldn't find someone on your website who thought, you know, this isn't that bad. Like, it's concerning. It's concerning because what we're seeing in our daily lives. It's concerning because of the, the, the case spikes that we're seeing in Florida. But that's not, you know, the NBA, you know, the... We we got so used to this term bubble, and we tried to use the term the metaphorical bubble. I should we should probably ditch the term completely, and just talk about going to Orlando. But they are taking a number of safety precautions there in Orlando. So it's not it's it's not a it's not normal. Like it's not a normal day to day life. It, is is it is it dangerous? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Are these players? These coaches? Uh, these NBA personnel, are they putting themselves at risk? Absolutely. They absolutely are. But not to the risk that you and I are, even if, you know, if we, if we go to the gym or if we go to the barbershop or if we go anywhere. Because those, those guys can't do any of that. Although that stuff is, is it now? The difference between them is like their, their barber travels with them and has been tested. Like their, uh, you know, cook has traveled with them and has been tested. You know, they are protected to a certain degree. And I was just looking at, you know, I was, it, 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 and I'm pointing out Yahoo because that just happened to be, it was the Yahoo sports site that I was on. It was like, man, there are four different articles about canceling the NBA season. Not one person thought, well, you know what? I have a different perspective. Let me write from a different perspective. And hell, that doesn't even have to do with race or age. It's just like, man, nobody else, no, nobody thinks independently. But, I, you know, another thing that I love about what LeBron and Maverick Carter announced yesterday with Spring Hill Entertainment is, is the, you know, the breakdown of LeBron's company came out. 64% of LeBron's company are people of color and 40% are women. That's another thing that we just do not hear enough from in the sports world. Like, there are women that are coaches in the NBA. But there aren't enough Candace Buckners, who's the beat writer for the Washington Wizards. There aren't enough women like her. There aren't enough women like Morgan Reagan who can talk sports on a day-to-day basis. There, there just aren't. There, 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 women can offer more than just being the pretty face in the middle of the white guy and the black guy who argue on TV, which is what you know these networks have built their shows off of. 
of course, it was one guy, if, if, for those of you who aren't aware. It's one guy who created uh, the, the, the first take show. He was fired from ESPN. He got picked up on Fox, and so he just he basically recreated the same thing, and that's how you know whatever, whatever the show Skip and Shannon are on and all of these other guys, like he created all of that stuff. He had one template of sports television, and he just created it in multiple different areas. But I think women have more to offer. I think women have more to offer than just being like the, the quarterback or the point guard of this show. They have the ability to offer opinions that are very good, and they have the ability to offer opinions that are different. And that, that to me, that's one of the things that I've always laughed at at sports is because it's like people don't like different when it comes to sports media. Uh, they, they want it one way, and anytime you get something different, you, you, you're killed for it. So let's have let's have some variety. Let's do some things that are different here. You know, I keep alluding to this project that I'm working on. That's that's the point of what we're trying to build with this new project is create something different for you. Give you options for your sports talk. Give you different things to listen to so you're not stuck listening to Jim Rome for the 20th year in a row and you're not listening to the smack off and all of the silly shit that goes along with that show. Hey, and it's successful, but it's not for me. It's 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 for some people, but it, but it's not for me. I want something different. I know what I don't want at ten. I don't want Will Kane. That's for damn sure. Like, all right, well, what can I listen to? Well, we're gonna create something, and we're gonna find women who can give you different opinions and a different sound, and we're gonna find people who can, you know, give you whether it's sports talk, whether it's pop culture, whether it's ever, but they can present it to you in a different fashion. It's okay to be different. Everything doesn't have to sound the same until the end of time. And, and, you know, that was another thing that I was laughing about over the whole, uh, you know, play-by-play guy for the Kings who got fired a couple weeks ago. Dude had the job for 33 years. Like, you're not guaranteed these jobs for life. Let's just say you had a perfect record and you never said anything that pissed off a large portion of your fan base or that was incredibly offensive to a great deal of people. Let's just say none of that stuff ever happened. You had the job for 33 freaking years. You're approaching 60 years old. It's okay to move on. Like the same thing happened in Washington, D.C. The guy who had been there, he'd been there forever. It was like, okay, well, it's, 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 you, you had a great run. Thank you for your time. It is time to move on. It's like, wait, what? No, why? I'm supposed to be able to do this job until I die. No, that's not how any of this works. You're not, the guy who was doing radio for the Los Angeles Clippers up until a year ago, he was like 110. For some reason in sports media, these jobs wind up being guaranteed to people for life, like a Supreme Court seat. Man, let's, let's, Hey, times are changing. The business is evolving. The consumption of sports media is it's evolving. Let, let's, let's present it in a different fashion. Let's start utilizing social media platforms more. You know, there are, there are young sports media people who are making their name on Snapchat. Serious. I mean, didn't Katie Nolan... Katie Nolan gets like a million dollars a year to do a show on Snapchat. It's evolving. Katie Nolan doesn't have any business being regulated to a to a uh, a a social media channel. 
granted, her audience could be massive on a social media channel. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's simple as, you know, how many views on that story or how many views on that television or uh, I don't know what they're called on, on Snapchat, but the, but the longer stories. It's valuable, but Katie Nolan is as good as they get. Like, well, she could be on, she should be on primetime television talking about sports on a daily basis. But because she, you know, she's, she's on a, a social media channel, we tend to hear less from her when we, it should be the exact opposite. We should be hearing uh, a lot more. Another note that came out of this conversation uh, to really, you know, talk about the influx of money that LeBron's media company has and what they're going to do with it was a conversation about protest in a variety of sports leagues. Uh, and he was asked about how he feels, uh, you know, kind of the comparison between the NFL and the NBA. Um, I do know one thing I can speak from is what I'm a part of. And I'm a part of a league with a great commissioner and Adam Silver, and he's always listened to the voice of his players. Um, and, and I've always respected him for that. For that. Um, he's given us an opportunity to, when we feel something that's very wrong with society, that's very wrong with what's going on in our communities, that we can speak upon that and use the NBA shield to back us. And um, I have nothing but respect for Adam Silver. Um, as far as the NFL, I'm, I'm not in those uh, locker rooms. I'm not with those guys, but I do understand um, that an apology, I have not heard a true official apology to Colin Kaepernick on what he was going through and what he was trying to tell the NFL and tell the world about why he was kneeling when he was doing that as a San Francisco 49er. Um, so I, I just see that to be still be wrong. Um, and, and now they are listening some, but I still think um, we have not heard that official apology to a man who basically sacrificed everything uh, for the better of this world. So um, LeBron James, they're talking to uh, Bloomberg. Yeah, I, I don't think that's coming, man. But, but man, it would be something if it did. I just don't think that it is. And I understand the point that LeBron is 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 making there in that. OK, wait a minute. You guys are all about Black Lives Matter now. You're all about protesting. Suddenly you got. Kyler Murray talking about protest, protesting. You've got all of these different guys uh, talking about protesting. To uh, Baker Mayfield talking about taking a knee, and it's it's like, oh, okay. So so we're all about the movement. I, I, you know, I tweeted the other day, and I think I said it on the show. But there's a a massive difference between doing what's convenient and doing what's right, and some of these organizations I think are doing what's convenient. It it it. It, that that thought sparked my you know got in my head when I was watching this show, the undefeated that ESPN was putting on by the undefeated, where it was just all of the you know the black people at ESPN. They they were talking about race and they were talking about uncomfortable conversations, and I think we talked about this yesterday, where it's like yo okay now like y'all are doing this now, okay like where have you been? Because remember it was ESPN that was leading the. Stick sports charge. Oh, we've had to get rid of Jamil Hill and Michael Smith, and we had. To, we are not going to tolerate this stuff. This this is a sports channel, damn it, and we're going to focus on sports. Okay, well now it's not convenient to do that anymore. So your focus seems to have shifted. It's kind of weird how that happens. Like you, you want to you know be about social justice. You want to lead the charge, except you're not leading the charge. You're following. When you had a guy in your league who was leading the charge, you still chose to follow. Another massive positive story comes out of the, the big three 
who seems to be an organization that just continues to get stuff right. Uh, the Big Three is planning to start a foundation to benefit former NBA and WNBA players as they move forward uh, with their post-basketball careers in regards to social justice. Here are just a couple of the details. Uh, there will be funds and support will be granted and or loan to ex-players for new business ventures, education, charitable endeavors, and assistance in post-career lives. Uh, there will be funds and support for ex-players to give back to their community. The foundation will also hire and provide ex-players with business consultants and experts in structuring new businesses, pitch assistance, tax experts, legal counsel, life counsels, access to medical support, substance abuse counselors, and job and education placement services. Uh, there'll also be funding for youth programs and struggling black communities, uh, youth and outreach activities to take place in each of the big three cities uh, that they visit each year, which they were supposed to come here this year, which is, you know, another one of the you know, major downers to our entire world getting canceled is the big three was good. I, I really was hoping for everybody to see the big three at the Golden One Center, man. I, I got to see it in Oakland and it's a pretty damn cool experience, man. They do a really, really good job of putting on not not just a a basketball game. They do a really good job of putting on a show. And, you know, Ice Cube and his business partners there should be applauded every step of the way. And now they're looking out for players in their post-assistant lives. And this ties into something else that we were talking about, you know, yesterday is in regards to the return to basketball and that, you know, we often look at LeBron. We often look at the outrageous salaries that we talk about pretty regularly in sports media. And we don't really recognize that there are players, a lot of players who are making a lot less. This program is really geared to those people who are making a lot less and they don't know what to do following their NBA careers. They don't have the big nest egg. They don't have the, you know, the entertainment media company that LeBron James has. They don't have the clothing line that Russell Westbrook has. You know, they don't have these various different ventures uh, that so many of these guys have been able to invest their money in. They kind of need just... They need to transition and do day-to-day -day life. I think this is great, man. I think the Big Three continues to hit a home run in so many of the different things uh, that they are doing, and they should continuously be applauded uh, as a sports league and as a television production company uh, for what they've done. They have done some absolutely great stuff, as has the greatest Sacramento King that has ever existed, Vincent Carter. Uh, Vince Carter confirmed uh, that he has retired from the NBA after 22 seasons. Man, that video is something. If you saw yesterday, or I'm not even yesterday, I'm sure if you've seen it before, it's been circulating around so social media forever, but dating all the way back to March 11th. But the, the, the last day of the NBA season, when someone realized we might not be playing basketball again, when someone on the Hawks realized this 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 might be it. We've got to get Vince Carter out there to finish this game. And he did, which was, it's just awesome. Like Vince goes back in the game. Obviously he, he hits a three, he hits the last basket of the game. And that might've been, I guess, depending on the timing of it, that might've been the last basket of the season. I don't know if that game or let's see, that was the Hawks and the Knicks. The Mavericks were still playing. At, I, I think the Mavericks were still playing at the time, and that, that game wound up being the last one of the year. I'm sure it's, it's close, but given that the Mavericks are in an earlier time zone, it was probably them that ended uh, the season. But, yeah, that, that was a cool video 
uh, that I had forgot about from from the day the season shut down. But Vince Carter, 43 years old, uh, he announced his retirement on uh, a podcast saying he's officially done playing basketball professionally. There are some pretty amazing stats uh, regarding Vince Carter. Uh, Vince Carter is the first NBA player to play in four different decades. Uh, Players have accomplished this feat in other professional sports. There are three players in the NFL who played in four different decades. Uh, No one recently, George Blanda, uh, John Carney, and Jeff Fiegels. Uh, Two Major League Baseball players have played in five different decades, and one NHL player has played in five different decades, of course. That is Gordie Howe. Carter debuted for the Raptors on February 5th, 1999, and won Rookie of the Year that season. 20 years later, he became the fifth player in NBA history to appear in 1,500 career games. He also... um, Finished his career with five game-winning buzzer beaters. He is behind only Michael Jordan, who has nine. Kobe Bean Bryant, eight. Iso Joe Johnson, he has eight. LeBron, seven. Paul Pierce has seven. And then there is Vince Carter uh, at five. I also read a, what was, I, I read a weird stat. Oh, here it is. He is the only NBA player in history with 1,000 dunks and 2,000 three-point field goals made. He's awesome, man. And the thing that I'll always appreciate the most about him is he was in Sacramento for one year, and he was 1,000% committed to making Sacramento better. He was 1,000% committed to social initiatives here in our city. He was here uh, the year that that, uh, there were protests outside the Golden One Center. Uh, he was here through the Stephon Clark shooting, and he did a number of things during his one season here to try to leave Sacramento uh, better than when he arrived. And he did that in virtually every place he went because that's just the type of player he is. Specifically, that's the type of man that he is. He is about making things better uh, for other people. Uh, a couple of notes coming out of, so congratulations to Vince Carter. Obviously, I, I don't know anybody who is not a huge Vince Carter fan. Uh, so congratulations to him on his 22-year two year career. I hate that he didn't get the big grand exit uh, that he deserved. I hate that he didn't get the grand exit that, you know, the likes of Kobe and, and Dirk and, and Dwayne Wade and all of those guys got because he is 1,000% uh, deserving of it. Uh, one more NBA story here before we move along to the NFL. The NBA has shared with its players, a security plan to help enforce the health and safety protocols that it announced last week and to secure the campus, uh, that, that, that campus that they're going to be on uh, in the Walt Disney World complex. Security was actually a big concern of NBA players, and, and they have outlined that. And it's not only security for players, uh, coaches, team personnel, family safety. It's also to keep out the potential virus. Like, and I'm being serious. Like, I say that laughing. But the security is also to keep unauthorized personnel from getting into, you know, any part of the compound, which would count. I don't know that compound is the right word. Complex uh, that, you know, could potentially uh, bring harm uh, to anyone or, or create any sort of uh, infectious spread or something along those lines. So uh, that was given to the players yesterday. And I know that was a big concern 
are for quite a few of them. So another step forward, another positive step forward for the NBA. And I know it feels like there, there's nothing positive to report as it pertains to COVID-19 with spikes going on all over the place, including here in the city of Sacramento and in our state, in our state of California. But is it just trying to isolate the NBA conversation? I think I don't think you can clump up what's going on in the NBA, what's going on with what's what's going on in the rest of the country. You have to look at it in an isolated situation. In my opinion, you have to look at it as an isolated scenario because of all of the protocols and all of the measures that they're taking to keep all of those 1,600 NBA people free from this virus. Is this you know restart going to go off 100% without a hitch? I doubt it. I very seriously doubt it. But what's a hitch? Like what is a, what is a hiccup in this story? Is it a couple of positive tests for players? Is it, you know, someone, is it, is it being unable to identify like the carrier of the virus? Like, was it a, was it a hotel manager? Was it a, you know, a a housekeeper? Was it, you know, just someone who works within the hotel staff? Was it an arena staff? Was it someone who works at the arena? Was the arena not disinfected properly? How did, how did, how did it infiltrate the complex? Like, is, is that the hiccup? Or, you know, is, is, is a hiccup something far, far greater where we're talking LeBron James gets ill or Russell Westbrook or, or James Harden, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo or one of those, you know, top tier NBA players uh, comes down with this virus and they wind up missing uh, um, a large chunk of time uh, once the playoffs start. And then you have, you know, these star players wind up missing a large chunk of games. Or it it could it may not even be a large chunk of games. It could just be key games, you know, a game six and a game seven or something along those lines, a series deciding game. We'll move along here. Quick reminder before we transition to the NFL, the new episode of Relive is available for you. It focuses on the journey of Daniel Bryan to WrestleMania 30. If you're a wrestling fan, past or present, I hope you'll give that a listen. Or if you know any wrestling fans, refer it to them. It's a pretty dope podcast. It's different than I think anything uh, that you'll be able to find out there. Uh, it is a documentary-style podcast, and it is available here uh, on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. Also, thanks for all the new ratings and reviews that came in yesterday. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it is super simple right now to give us a five-star review, of course, only if you think we're worth it. Uh, and I think this star, this show is much more of a five-star show than yesterday's was. So judge today. Like, if you held off, like, ah, I don't want to leave a review. Like, that show yesterday it was all mad and negative and everybody's got the virus and it was all going bad today's much more uh still a coin from the radio play-by-play guy for the sacramento kings this is much more happy tree this is a much more happy tree show uh so head over to uh, just just open your phone right now just go to it podcast scroll all the way down where all of my episodes are you'll see uh five blank stars right there Hit the fifth one, boom you're good to go if you got an extra 60 to 60 to uh, 90 seconds and you want to leave us a review that would be great as well. But a lot of new uh, ratings and reviews came in. So thank you so much for that. We really, really do appreciate it. And I know you can rate on Spotify, radio.com, all of those different entities. But the, all, the reason I always push Apple Podcast above all else is because based on the analytics I get, uh, I think it's 87% of the people listening to the show listen through Apple devices and listen through some form of Apple Podcast. Uh, whether that's on uh, an iPad, a computer, or an iPhone. People are listening to the show predominantly through um, 
Apple Podcast or some form of Apple software, which is why I always push uh, rating us on Apple. If you can rate us on Spotify, Google Play, all of that stuff, do that as well. We greatly appreciate it. Now let's transition over to the NFL. We spoke about the conference call that was happening yesterday with the NFL owners, and not much came out of that conference call other than uh, Roger Goodell said they fully expect to, despite the fact uh, we talked about yesterday that they have canceled the Hall of Fame game and obviously the Hall of Fame ceremony as well. He expects to start training camp on time. And for most teams, that means players will report no later than July 28 to begin preparation for the 2020-2021 season. Um, it's possible the four-week preseason will be shortened as teams focus on getting their personnel healthy for the September 10th start of the regular season. And this is kind of a, this is tricky. This is tricky for a lot of reasons because if you ever, like if you, we were, I just plugged the Relive podcast, right? Like if you're a wrestling fan and you've followed, you know, wrestling in the past and maybe you have heard Per- perfect story, a, a, a bump everybody knows. The Undertaker versus Mankind, Hell in a Cell match. When The Undertaker grabs Mankind and throws him off the top of the cage. And he takes that, you know, he takes that dive through, through the announce table. You don't rehearse that, right? Like, you, you, you can't go through that because of the, the possibility somebody gets hurt. But at the same time... You would like to rehearse it because you want to make sure that you're able to be as safe as possible. Like, what angle do I have to take? What, what, um, you know, what, how much force do I have to, to ensue when I'm like leaving the cage? How much do I leave to the undertaker to just kind of throw me? There's a lot of things that you would like to be able to figure out in that scenario, but, but, but actually practicing it is probably too far greater risk. So, you just trust yourselves and you do it once. This is kind of similar to what the NFL preseason is going to be like because you would like to have an NFL game. You would like to eliminate all of the social distancing parameters that are going to happen when games are being played. You would like to do something that is some semblance of normal against a team that you haven't been around for the last several weeks. You would like to be able to do that. But the risk, the risk is great. The risk is great because if you do it, well, it only takes one, right? What if one guy, one coach, one referee, what if someone has the virus and then it just hits and spreads? And then by, let's say, you know, you've got a preseason game on a Saturday night, by Thursday, you've got a large number of positive tests coming in from these two teams. Well, now you're now you've got a whole other issue. You've got to get this, you've got to get this under control before the regular season starts. And if you're the NFL, you got to look at this like, oh, is, uh oh, there's a there's a flaw in our testing system. And that was another thing that they talked about yesterday. They talked about they are going to have a very very. I think the term they used were ambitious. They were going to have a very ambitious testing program, one that will attempt to keep everyone in the team environment as safe as possible. Not just players, but coaches, staff, everybody who's associated with an NFL team. And again, they called this uh, ambitious. So they, 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 you know, they realize they're, they're up against it, so to speak. 
but you would like to be able to, you know, have this run through to be like, okay, there's a, there's a flaw in our system and we've got to fix it. But of course, with that comes like, oh man, this might not be able to be fixed. And if you, if something like that were to happen in a preseason game, and what if it happens across multiple preseason games where you have a number of teams suffering some sort of outbreak because there was a hole in the protocol, well then, then you got big problems. You got really big problems. It's one thing, and I don't know that the problems are minimized if it's a regular season game. But at least you're 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 kind of in the moment. It 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 counts. It's like okay, let's figure it out when we get out there because if you can avoid it week one, like all right, we're we're doing things right. Week two comes along, three four, but then suddenly in like week six, there's some sort of you know mini outbreak, so to speak. Like oh okay, we got to get this under control because we're six weeks into the season. All of that was a really long way of saying, I think the NFL would much rather make the mistake in the regular season than they would in the preseason. But it could be really, really beneficial for them to work out the kinks to their testing protocols or potential kinks to their to their protocols in the preseason. But we also know, and this isn't new to the pandemic world, this isn't new to the COVID-19 era that we live in, preseason games are useless particularly with the NFL. I know people will say, well, there are guys fighting for roster spots, and sure, there absolutely are. But I have always been 100% of the belief that most of those guys who are fighting for roster spots are winning them or losing them in practice. Very, very few, I think, are winning them in actual games. I think most of them are winning by what those coaches see in practice. We talk about this all the time. We used to talk about this with the Sacramento Kings regularly and that we would see a player who look like they were doing something of of you know great value on the court in the you know six seven eight minutes they were in and we would wonder why aren't they playing why aren't they playing why aren't they playing and the question we would always go back to is what are we not seeing what are the coaches seeing in practice that we aren't seeing that are keeping these individuals from getting run i think that's what happens in the nfl we get really excited to see a player you know earn that you know 50th roster spot, 50-something roster spot or whatever it is. But in the end, they probably won it during practice because you'll hear a coach glowing about all of the different things that they did uh, during during practice or, you know, during the week. You, that's the term that you hear so often as it pertains, well, you know, during the week, man, this kid was just blah, 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 blah. And that has to do, and that, that's not just practice. That has to do with preparation and all of the different things that go in to being an NFL player. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins He's got a new side hustle. He's doing some work uh, with CNN, and he was asked about the beginning of the NFL season approaching. The NBA is a lot different than than the NFL because they can actually quarantine all, all of their players um, or whoever is going to participate, where we have over 2,000 players, even more coaches and staff. We can't do that. And so we'll end up being kind of on this uh, trust system where uh, the honor system, where we just have to hope that guys are social distancing and things like that. And that puts all of us at risk, not only, you know, us as players and who's in the building, but when you go home to your families, uh, I, you know, I have parents that I don't want to get sick. And I think until we get to the point where we have protocols in place and until we get to the place as a country where we feel safe doing it, we have to understand that football is a non-essential business. Uh, and so we don't need to do it. And so the risk, uh, you know, has to uh, be the really eliminated before we, before I would feel comfortable with going back. It's interesting. He says, you know, that he, he, he wants the risk, you know, eliminated or at the very least, you know, minimized before he would consider coming back. But, you know, we're, 
we're a month away. Does he just does he not go? And now you have the whole situation with Drew Brees kind of lingering over the, the the New Orleans Saints, and you know Drew Brees brought that uh, along himself, being stupid. Malcolm Jenkins, obviously very vocal about it. So does he not go? And that's maybe something that we haven't talked about. I guess we don't have to talk about that till you know, we start to approach July 28th is are there NFL players who go, yeah, man, I'm not doing this. Now the salary discrepancy between the NBA and the NFL is massive. It is absolutely massive, especially between uh, the haves and the have nots. It is just a massive, massive difference. So I, I don't know how if you're a million-dollar player, uh, you know, an 800000 to, you know, even $2 million player, how you can look at this and go, ah, I'm just not going. I can't go. Because you, you don't go, you don't get paid. And it appears that come hell or high water, the NFL is they're starting this season. I mean, we've seen the spikes in Florida. We've seen the spikes in Texas. We've seen the spikes in Arizona and California. Hasn't phased the NFL. They just had that conference call yesterday. Nope. We expect everything to go just swimmingly. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, the, the, the news cycle changes so quickly. You know what I mean? Like we've talked about this with the coronavirus for, gosh, months now. You know, the way that we felt on March 12th and 13th, and 16th and 17th, you know, we felt a little bit different at the beginning of May. There started to be some optimism like, hey, look at baseball. Look, basketball's talking. Football's still a ways away. Did you see Philip Fulmer? This ass was talking about Neyland Stadium. Like, Philip Fulmer is the former head coach for the University of Tennessee. He's currently the University of Tennessee uh, athletic director. He said he believes this year they can pack Neyland Stadium. For those who are unfamiliar with Neyland Stadium, when he says pack Neyland Stadium, that means 100,000 volunteer fans. Okay. He's just trying to destroy the whole state of Tennessee. I don't think there's any way Mayor Kane would allow such things to happen. But maybe you will. I'm, a, I'm only mildly familiar with Kane's politics. And I'll just continue to focus on him as a wrestler. I'm actually doing a relive episode on the debut of Kane as it pertains to Hell in a Cell. Oh, it's going to be a good one. That's one of my favorite stories. The debut of Kane is such great long-term storytelling. And I'm on the verge of finishing the NWO episode that's going to drop. Uh, it's going to drop on the right around the 24th anniversary of the formation of the NWO and the Hogan heel turn. I'm working on that episode. It should be complete, uh, hopefully by tomorrow night. So uh, I'm excited about those things that are coming up for Relive. Uh, speaking of wrestling, they had a horrible, horrible, horrible week. It started with a uh, social media hashtag, hashtag speaking out, which essentially became the wrestling version of the Me Too movement. And it was bad. First came to my attention when Big E was tweeting about it. He tweeted, you know, in support of people who were sharing their experiences that they've dealt with in in, in the wrestling industry. And wrestling is gross, man. Like I I understand that. I recognize that there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of history to wrestling that is unpleasant. Um, whether it's sexism, racism, uh, now you know it appears there's quite a few sexual assault 
uh, cases involved in wrestling as well. And that's, I think, a surprise to absolutely no one. But it was a pretty bad week uh, for for wrestling in general, and it was even worse for the WWE, who uh, they announced they had a number of positive uh, COVID-19 tests coming out of some of their recent tapings, including Renee Young, uh, Adam Pierce, one of their referees, Kayla Braxton, tested positive. And those are the ones that we know about. I haven't had a chance to check out Dave Meltzer's latest edition of the Wrestling Observer, but I know there was at least a a hint to it's significantly worse than what's been made public. So just a, and WWE has not done well over the course of the last couple of months. They haven't been doing COVID-19 tests. Everyone up until I think the most recent positive test, everyone who has been um, tested, everyone who has tested positive, they had done it independently. They had gotten independent uh, coronavirus test and it hadn't been, uh, orchestrated by the WWE. The WWE has just started testing their performers, and now you're seeing the results of that. I'd like to remind everyone, this is an organization that for reasons known to absolutely no one, they've got 71-year-old Ric Flair, who's got all of these health issues, uh, appearing at this stupid uh, performance center every week to do an absolutely meaningless angle with Randy Orton. I'm convinced that WWE isn't going to stop until they kill Ric Flair. I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to kill Ric Flair on television because it's the only... Why would you have that man out there? That dude spent a month and a half in the hospital. Like, when you talk about people at, you know, the highest risk of this virus, like, Ric Flair is at the very top. He's, like, in the top 1% of people that are at risk with this disease. But, you know, know, Vince McMahon, damn it, just march him out there. Bad week for wrestling, great week for us. Uh, If you want to go check out Patreon.com and all of the extra content we got out there, you just want to support the show, you know we'd greatly appreciate it. It's Patreon.com slash Damian Barling. I do hope you'll go check out Relive, and we'll be back next week. Who knows what the weekend will bring? Uh, Hopefully more positive news. I like positive days. I like happy shows like this one was. But I appreciate your support uh, all throughout today, all throughout the week. Uh, You've continued to help this podcast grow in ways that I could have never have imagined. So uh, I hope you keep downloading, hope you'll keep subscribing, hope you'll keep listening, and hope you'll be back with us here on Monday on the podcast with Damian Barlow.